You are listening to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. And today we take you to Russia and to one of the composers that has made the Russian sound a distinct quantity in classical music, Miley Belakarev. So this is really the forerunner of all Russian music that we commonly know and love now. Miley Berlakarev was really where it all started. So let's take a look at his history. And it all started in 1836 when Balakarev was born, the son of a minor government official. His mother gave him tutelage on the piano until he met Alexander Ulubyshev in his hometown of Nizhny Novgorod. And Ulubyshev's pianist and music library organizer, Karl Eisrich, became Balakarev's formal introduction to music, where he discovered the piano works of Chopin and Glinka who would later become huge influences on his compositional career. And it was also with Eiswick that Balakarev first got his formal opportunities to play, read, and listening to music, including being able to rehearse with orchestral musicians and performing Mozart's Requiem at the tender age of 14. After this, he was formally educated at the Nizhny Novgorod Gymnasium, and then in 1847, after his mother's death, at the Alexandrovsky Institute in Nevinsky Norgov. Now, just for some historical context, as Blokarev was growing up, the Crimean War was happening from 1852 to 1857, and so during his formative years, he was really kind of in the middle of that historical uprising and steeped in Russian nationalism, which is one of the, one of the uh, things that made or solidified the Russian Empire in the height of its czarist days. Now, he traveled to St. Petersburg in 1855 at age 19, where he actually met one of his idols, Mikhail Glinka, through Ulibyshev. And also while in St. Petersburg, he met Cesar Kui, who he would later collaborate with in his later years, um, and he performed the first movement of what would become his piano concerto. Now, Balakarev was primarily known in these years, and even later on as a performer anyway, as a piano virtuoso. And in fact, in 1855, he was honored to perform the Beethoven Emperor Concerto before the newly ascended Tsar Alexander II. compositions were published while he was in St. Petersburg from 1858 to 1859. Now, Glinka and Ubelishev both died in 1857 and 1859 respectively, which cut down on Balakarev's circle of supporters and musical influences, but he was currently in the progress of forming a group of his own. Now, this included names that we know now, such as Mazorsky, Rimsky-Korsakov, Borodin, and Vladimir Stasov, and these are the composers that would be what we know now as the Mighty Handful. But they were just amateurs at the time. For them, Balakarev was a magnetic instructor because he had some musical experience that they at the time lacked, and he began to expire them to the or inspire them to the zenith of their own creativity. Now, the late 1850s and early 1860s were a height of Balakarev's own career. He completed one of his largest works, 
King Lear, the incidental music for a play, including a magnificent overture in 1861. But he was also steeped in a Russian reform and innovation political climate during the reign of the new Tsar Alexander II. Now, this reform and innovation especially included the arts and, as we've talked about before, focused on nationalism. So, the Russian Musical Society was established in 1859 and the St. Petersburg and Moscow Conservatories were established in 1862 and 1866, respectively. And those both really allowed the traditions of Western music to come into Russia, but people in Russia at the time really felt that the Westerners had music down, and so it kind of bolstered up the arts in society. Right. Yeah, these Russian musical societies and their conservatories really tended to follow the traditions of these established Western music composers, primarily German ones, <laughs> at least uh, at least in their infancy, infancy until Balakarev got a hold of them. Uh, it's actually really interesting to mention that the relationships and artistry of the Russian musicians and orchestras in the 1860s were often highly politicized and interwoven with personal rivalries and matters of social and political outlook. And in fact, even while enjoying the revival of classical music in Russia... Balakarev was part of a group of eloquent detractors in the Russian <laughs> musical elite that was actually fearful of the influence of these non-Russian, quote-unquote, alien composers, meaning mm. Germans, uh, and the Western musical precepts and teachings. Balakarev really considered the German routine to be detrimental to a composer's creativity and helped found the Free School of Music in 1862, where Balakarev became the director of orchestral groups. Now, the Free School of Music primarily performed Russian composers and kind of Western composers of a more advanced style as described by Balakarev, so not quite so standard German. They also focused on choral music, and in particular, choral music to suit the needs of the Russian Orthodox Church, which did not allow musical instruments inside during the services. Now, as of this time, Balakarev had not yet founded the Mighty Handful, but we kind of begin to see the inklings of dissatisfaction with the Russian art music scene that Balakarev was so desperately trying to avoid. Now, he moved to Prague in 1867 at the behest of Glinka's sister, Ludmila Shestakova. Uh, this was right after the Austro-Prussian War, and he conducted some of Glinka's performances, some of Glinka's main compositions, uh, the Ruslan and Ludmila Overture and The Life of the Tsar, both well-known Russian compositions at that time. But while in Prague in 1867, he conducted a concert at a Slavic conference the visitors of which Vladimir Stasov coined in his concert review, The Mighty Handful. And this is the first time we hear that term used to describe this group of Russians, uh, Russian composers that started to direct the Russian musical direction. And these, these visitors included a group of these composers, Mussorgsky, Rimsky-Korsakov, Borodin, and Kui, whose works were all at that time available for performance, and all of them had taken some sort of direction from Balakarev. Now, this group of friends began to meet regularly, with Balakarev in a presiding capacity, 
to discuss music, its methods, its objectives, and also to play and listen to each other's works and other contemporaries as well. And in the midst of these sessions were formed the musical idioms which exerted a considerable amount of influence on the later course of Russian musical history. This is the mighty handful and perhaps what is what Balakarev is best known for. So the late 1860s and early 1870s, including his time in Prague, are what constitute the pinnacle of Balakarev's career. He was appointed conductor of the Russian Musical Society concerts in St. Petersburg in late 1867, which enabled him to perform and present to the public more of the Russian music he greatly admired, even while inviting well-known contemporaries such as Hector Berlioz, a French composer, to conduct prestigious concert series. Balakarev also encouraged Borodin and Rimsky-Korsakov to complete their first symphonies during this time. And Caucasian holidays opened Balakarev up to more and more folk melodies of Russia, and this greatly enriched his harmonic repertoire. It had also resulted in one of the signature pieces of Balakarev's career, Islame, subtitled in Oriental Fantasy, was Balakarev's signature piano work, and it was inspired by his visits to the Caucasus Mountains and actually premiered by renowned piano virtuoso Nikolai Rubinstein. It was first in Islamay that Balakarev, and later through emulation and direct quotations of this piece, that Rimsky-Korsakov and other Russian composers found the influence of the quote-unquote oriental sound, and in fact, the sounds of Balakarev's compositions still permeate Soviet-era Russian folk songs to the point of direct quotations from this piece, Islame. Miley Balakarev was not, however, the most prolific composer of his time, only having composed two symphonies, and only nine of his other compositions are for orchestra, with the rest being for piano or voice. By way of comparison, Rimsky-Korsakov actually composed almost twice that number of pieces in his opera composition alone. Balakarev's legacy is found more in his teaching and what he created in the sounds of Rimsky-Korsakov, Mazorsky, Lyapunov, and the rest of Russian music as a whole. One of his other signature pieces, Overtures on Russian Themes, he actually wrote two, really showed his mastery of compositional technique and his expertise of deriving short motifs from longer themes, much like Beethoven, but in a way such that they can then be strung together in a contrapunal fabric and in a distinctly Russian sound using these oriental melodies. Now this oriental sound, cultivated by Balakarev, survives actually in some direct quotations, but also in spirit in works like Scheherazade, the Kovanshina, and in Russian and Soviet music spanning more than an entire century following this composer's time. And this is because Balakarev was able to effectively marry the common practice, meaning Western and Germanic music of his time, with a fusion of Russian folk music and other experimental elements of a boldly Russian character. And although he did not have a large output, what he did end up writing served as sort of a textbook for the Russian style that he championed. This is apparent in that he even wrote songs in both the Russian folklore style and others where the oriental pattern moves to the fore. Near the end of his life, as the stature of his pupils began to outshine his own, 
Lacra fell into obscurity, having a sort of mental breakdown in the 1870s and withdrawing from his music and his friends and finding employment with a railroad company until around 1876. After this, he slowly returned to musical activity in the 1880s, directing the Court Capella in the reign of Alexander III with Rimsky-Korsakov as his assistant. Balakarev's last years until he died in May of 1910 were spent finishing his earlier works such as Tamara and his symphonies and working with the Eastern Orthodox Church and helping to commemorate the works of his primary younger influences, Glinka and Franz Liszt. So we do hope that you have enjoyed this quick jaunt into the life and times of Miley Balakarev, the first great Russian composer. Indeed. So if you've enjoyed our time here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, you can share this episode with your friends and other episodes of the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play so we can climb those charts to get a little bit more recognition. So for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Balakarov's Tarantella for solo piano was performed by Christoph Ziebden. Beethoven's Piano Concerto No. 5, Movement 3, was performed by Ursula Oppens and the DuPage Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert. Balakarov's Mazurka No. 1 was arranged for clarinet duet and performed by Matthew Hughes. You can find The Coffeehouse on iTunes and Google Play, or download directly from our website, coffeehouseclassical.podbean.com. Like us on Facebook and email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. <laughs>